the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 630 The Word is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our AM 630 The Word Church of the Week program, Director of Ministry Development, Marcus Burgos. Thank you and welcome back to the Church of the Week program right here on AM 630 The Word. I'm excited to be back with you today. Um, I wanted to share something that has been on my heart for a couple of days now out of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 52. And if you know the Bible a little bit, you've probably heard of the book of Isaiah. And if you know uh, the book of Isaiah, 52 is, is one of those good ones. And um, in verse 7, verse 7 reads, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good news, who proclaim peace, who bring glad tidings of good things, who proclaim salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. That, that is such a loaded verse right there. And um, I mean, I, I, we could probably preach that for a couple of hours, uh, especially with my guests here today. Uh, but I want to I remind you, God has called us to be mountain walkers. Uh, it, it's you know this verse opens up. It says how beautiful, and and you will automatically think if you if you've been to church you would think how beautiful are the feet, but he really qualifies the feet and he says how beautiful upon the mountain are the feet, and so I think God is calling us to rise above, to walk on top of the mountains and to and to be careful how we talk in this time when you deliver the good news that you proclaim good news that you proclaim salvation that you would you would you don't have to be a preacher an official pastor of a church and have a mic in front of you but man when people get in front of you i think they should hear good news there should be hope coming from your heart you should not be piling up on them with the problems of this world and oh it's hopeless they should come to you and hear good news you know what there is healing in the name of jesus you can come out of this situation. You can rise up above all the mud that you have been living in all this time. It's time for the church. The church, listen to me, it's time for us to rise above and be mountain walkers. Our life should be going from glory to glory. And and we can go from mountaintop to mountaintop and our feet should be proclaiming. We should be the one that are carrying the good news. I if I need to hear bad news, I shouldn't have to go to church to hear it. If I need good news, I should go and find a man of God, a woman of God, and say, "Hi, hey, how you doing? And they, they should be able to tell me how blessed they are. Come on, somebody. Right there in your car, you should say amen. And so I want to I wanna challenge you today to be a mountain walker to be a proclaimer of the good news, salvation. Don't complain about your neighbor. Why don't you pray for your neighbor? Why don't you invite them to church on Sunday? 
And if you're looking for a church, then stay tuned because I have a church uh, right here in the house. I got a pastor. I got a preacher right here uh, with me that uh, maybe maybe what you do is you bring them to this church on Sunday. And, and we know you're going to have a good time. And so right here in the studio with me, I have Pastor, pastor Conyers. He is the pastor of Revival City. Uh, in Converse, Texas. And so, Pastor Conyers, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, glad to be here with you, Marcus. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. And so we want to learn a little bit about you. Um, so you've, you're, you're well-traveled and, and you have some, some experience in preaching and ministering and being in ministry. So tell me, before we get to all of that and to all that you are today, where did it all begin? Are you a PK? Where did you get saved? Where did you grow up? So I grew up under the pew. I grew up uh, in the church. Uh, first eight years, we grew up in what we call the holiness organization, a holiness movement. Very strict, but but some of my best moments were before I turned 10, uh, just kind of literally sleeping under the pew and, and hearing the messages. And then, of course, my father, he, though not licensed, uh, he also preached during that time as well. So grew up in the church. Uh, my parents were saved when I was born. And, of course, I got two younger brothers and one older sister. And so that's really all we knew. Uh, and then we moved, um, we moved churches. And then that's when we became a part of uh, the United Pentecostal Church International. Let me, let me interrupt you there because I, I, don't, I don't know where, where that was, those first eight years. But for me, uh, it was in the Bronx, New York. It was in urban. It was in what I would call the ghetto. Uh, and church every night. We're, we, that was us. Uh, we were we were there in, every night, and I remember one night I woke up uh, <laughs> because I was asleep at, under the pew, and the church was closed. The lights were off. Everybody had left, <laughs> and they and I, you know, growing up in in the holiness church, the first thing that came to my mind. Can you think what it was? I thought I got left behind. <laughs> <laughs> the rapture, <laughs> because man, we preached that. Yes. We, we we know Jesus is coming back for us, and and I was a, I was I was elementary school. You know, I was I was not uh, that mature, but I said, "Oh my God, I stayed behind." Uh, but but right. I, I I know where where that is, and I'm I'm and what I'm saying is, I look back at those times, and I thank God, I thank God because being in church every night, if nothing else, it kept me out of trouble. Right now, we know there was a lot more added. I gained a lot more. Uh, being in church, but man, it ke- it kept me out of the addictions. It kept me clean. It kept right. me away from the from the element that was so easy to find in the streets. Go ahead. Right. And so for me, that was in South Carolina, country boy, uh, but but again, loved it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we grew up uh, playing instruments. So all of my brothers, we played the drums. And and so, you know, at 10, again, we, you know, moved to another church, same same atmosphere, same spirit of God, same anointing. And, and we got, you know, we got involved in church from a young age. You know, we were Bible quizzers on the Bible quizzing team. Uh, again, we, you know, we played music. You know, we were very uh, much, you know, participators, you know, in, in the church, even from a young age. That's excellent. I, 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 love, I love to hear those testimonies because, uh, number one, I, I was one. I was there as well, you know, and I remember the pastor's son. Because we were not, we were not the pastors. But the pastor's son was sick or something. He was a drummer. He wasn't there, and they said, "Marcus, get on the drums." Like, what? And so now I'm the drummer, you know. Right. And so that was that was how that happened. And church is such a family, 
And uh, when you struggle together and you have that fellowship of suffering, then, man, you really draw closer to God and you draw closer to one another. Right. So, uh, So like you, I grew up in church, but I had a moment where I had to decide. There was a confrontation for me. How did that happen for you? So again, uh, for me, it kind of took place in my teenage years, uh, right around the time I started working, um, and, you know, had my job, I was in 11th grade and, you know, Bible quiz and had, had kind of finished for me by then. And of course, you know, interested in, you know, in being popular and, and in girls and things like that. Um, though I was going to church every, every week and, you know, Sundays and, and Wednesdays, of course, um, I knew that my life was, was, I knew I was taking a step away from God and, but I was, I was comfortable doing it because for me going to church was my, was my kind of consolation. Well, Hey, at least I'm in church, even though when when I leave church, I felt like I was just just one of the boys in the world. And so uh, kind of that moment for me came actually when a friend of mine who all of us kind of grew up in church, he had kind of stepped away from church for a little while. Well, he came back, started sitting on the front row and invited me to sit up there with him. I thought he was crazy. I said, because, you know, that's not the cool seat. <laughs> no, it's not the cool seat at all. And so but but I, I began to see something in him that he was serious Mm -hmm. he was serious and he said leslie he said come on he said let's let's sit up in the front let's worship and by this time i'd already graduated high school i was in my freshman year at the university of south carolina at sumter and and so i took him up on it because we had a really good friendship and i started sitting in the front and from there god just got a hold of my heart and just kind of brought me right back into that place where i needed to be we started a, a bible school excuse me a bible study at our school at our college and so we were teaching bible studies at the college and so just from there uh it's been it's just been a great trip ever since wow that's that's awesome to to know the lord at an early age you know so we know that god could deliver anybody from anything but how good would it be you know to get to know the lord and to have a serious relationship with god at an early age now we know that it doesn't avoid issues right life still happens right you know but we know that that seed you know, and I, and I refer to this often, and sometimes when I don't refer to it, I'm thinking about it, that we, you know, we teach our kids, or the Word tells us to teach them in the way that they should go, and then have faith and believe that the seed that you planted in them is going to give fruit. Amen. And they're going to they're gonna come back, and they're not going to walk away from it when they get older. And that, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what a lot of parents, church parents, struggle with, I think. And, and so let's, let's continue. Um, because many people receive the Lord and they decide to follow Christ, but an even smaller number take the next step of saying, okay, God, here I am, you know, use me. And, and how was that decision for you to get into the next level of ministry? It, it really all started, Marcus, back when I was five years old. My mother, she had to remind me of, of these instances that would take place where I would be standing on the kitchen table literally preaching to my family. Uh, I, I knew early on that the hand of God was upon me. It was confirmed many times. Uh, we were on our way to a Bible quiz and tournament. 
And the Bible quizzing coach at that time, she, her and her husband were in the front and the three quizzers, we were in the back. She turned around and I'll never forget. She looked me dead in my eye and she said, the hand of God is upon your life. The calling of God is upon your life and God is going to use you. And that was at 12 years old. I started preaching at 18 years old. And from there, really, the Lord just began to open up many, many doors to where it not only confirmed uh, the ministry, but then I began to see for myself the paths that God began to put me on uh, with regards to ministry. Because sometimes you question yourself. Mm Sometimes you question yourself, especially if we look at others and say, I'm not as good as that person or I can't really preach like that person. But God knows exactly where we were at and where I was at personally. And and he just he just walked me all the way through that development stage to the place where I'm at right now. You know, you said something that 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 kind of, you know, the flags go up a little bit because our there's so much authority in what we say. You know, we have power. There's power in our words and in your declaration, you know, and, and the fact that your, your mom stood over you and said, listen to me, you know, and she spoke that word into you, you know, that, that has, that has something to say that, that, that is a pivotal moment, right? especially when, when you hear, I mean, you could just be at, at the Walmart and hear a parent telling their child how dumb they are and how, you know, how loser there and man it 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 hurts my heart right you know because that child who knows what that child can become but if you're planting that seed that's what that's what will be produced how would you encourage today somebody a parent a preacher a leader anybody because we all have seed you know we all have something to say and we're the ones that have to manage that how would you encourage someone to to manage what they say for good you know, it's, it's very important. Uh, James talks about the tongue, talks about how, how deadly it can be, uh, but we know how powerful it can be for good. And and we really, as a parent, I have seven daughters. I don't know if I told wow. you that already. So I have my wife and I, uh, we've been married 24 years this year. Uh, we have seven daughters. And and one thing I know, not only about girls, but, but boys as well, is that we have to affirm them. Affirming them allows for them to hear what they can't see. So if I'm going to speak into your life, I'm going to tell you something that though you may not see it now, it's going to manifest itself in your life one day, right? And so a lot of times as parents, what we want to do is we want to affirm those things that God has already affirmed through his word. In the book of Deuteronomy, it says that there are things that we ought to teach our kids in the household and by the way, and and when when we're rising in the morning, when we're going back down, you know, to bed in the evening. And so really, uh, it becomes a reaffirmation of things that God has already ordained or preordained in the life of our kids. And so reminding them about that is crucial to their upbringing and ultimately to who they will become. So it it is a it is a form of of prophesying. Right. It is a form of looking into the future and saying, you know what, you're going to be, and you're going to be because as for me and my house, and and there there is that declaration. Right. That we I love what the the reaffirming that I I believe God's word and God's word promises me that you 
are going to be blessed. Right. You know, and so we begin to speak that and, and declare those things. And sometimes uh, it, it's not ignoring what you see, but it's overriding it. Right. You know, right. Because I, I tell people, if, if you have a runny nose and you're and you're running a fever, you're sick. You know, don't just declare I'm not sick. Uh, de- what you should declare is healing. Right. You know, and so stay home. Don't go, to, go. Don't go to the office because you're 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 a man of faith. Stay home. Right. But declare healing over your body. You know, and so that that's a different thing. And and so you, we need to by faith declare these things over our children, over our spouse. You know, your husband is acting the fool. You know, maybe and and you've been fighting for twenty years. Let's let's change the strategy a little bit. You know, you know, exactly. fighting is not getting you the the desired outcome. Right. So let's begin to declare God's word. You're going to be a man of God. Right. What you said, nothing. <laughs> right. You know, and you begin to you begin to use the weapons of our warfare. Mm. Right. Right. We begin to use the weapons of our warfare to begin to declare what God said. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is so important because, again, you know, we can, you know, we can use it. We can use it for good mm-hmm. or we can use it for evil. That's right. You know, and, you know, you just, you know, one thing that kind of comes to my mind is mm-hmm. this as well, Marcus, is that especially as, as parents, uh, and one reason why we may not see it as often as we would like to see it is because really as a parent, I have to be in a certain position in order to declare a certain position over my kids. Kids. Yes. You know, I, I really have to begin to live the life, right, that I want to, to see them live. And they have to be able to look back at me and not see a discrepancy between what I'm saying and what I'm living. Yes. And so the, 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 the responsibility, the onus of the responsibility then lies on us as parents that, they, that our kids are not confused by what we are declaring and what we are living. So I want to live what I say. So that when I declare it, it becomes it becomes a, a self manifestation because they can see it and now they can believe it because I'm saying it and speaking it into their life. That's powerful. Thank you for saying that. Absolutely, because we're just we're just talking about the speaking part of it, right? You know, but we have to you ha- some of, you have to open the way, right? Got to be that way maker, and right. you, as a parent, you go in first, and you say, "You see, it's possible." Right? You see. You can graduate. Do you see that there is trouble, but you can overcome? Right. You know, and so thank you for saying that, uh, because there has to there has to be that balance. Mm-hmm. Now you're 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 in ministry now, and you're you're launching a church now, and you're 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 establishing or planting a church now in Converse, Texas, just a little bit outside of things. It's San Antonio. It's part of San Antonio. Right, right. We'll, 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 we'll call you San Antonio. Right. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, about Revival City. Okay. Revival City is – so, so let, me, let me say this. When, when we think about revival, you know, again, I've been in pastoral ministry for 20 years. This, this would be our second church plant, the first one obviously being – uh, back when we lived in uh, Hawaii and we started that church plan out there. And so God has graced us to now we're able to, you know, come to the great state of Texas, God's country and, That's right. and start, you know, and start a work. But when you when we think about revival and I'm sure our audience is going to know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, revival becomes this kind of event mm-hmm. where we're going to have a 
revival. We're going to bring in a special guest. You know, we want you to invite as many people as you can, you know, and we're just going to see God, you know, do do miracles and signs and wonders. We're going to see people saved and filled with the Holy Ghost and baptized. So it just everything is just kind of culminating around this event. And then once the event is over, once the special speaker leaves, then no one really talks about revival. Well, when I first got here, I was uh, uh, in a in evangelist stage. Let's mm-hmm. just say that. But I didn't call myself an evangelist. I called myself a revivalist. Mm-hmm. And and many people, and I had it on my Facebook page, and, and many people asked, like, why are you, what is an, a revivalist? Like, I don't understand. I know what an evangelist, a pastor, a teacher, mm-hmm. a prophet, a, an apostle. I say, a revivalist is someone that when they go to a church, they're not there necessarily to bring in new souls. They're not there to see, uh, you know, sinners come to God, though that is that is what we want and, yeah. and, and that's what we rejoice over. But that's not what a revivalist does. A revivalist is there to revive the church. We have to take a look at that word revival because revival or revive, come, the, the root word revive means something that was alive that that may be dormant or or, or maybe dead but now we we're going to bring it back to life if that makes sense okay and so when we're talking about someone coming to god that's that terminology really doesn't fit because they were never really alive they never had the spirit or they never had kind of that relationship and so a revivalist is one that 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 goes to a church to revive the existing church because because when when it comes to uh reaching the lost it it can't be one special speaker on one given sunday that's going to come and that's going to you know that's going to change everything for that church it's got to be a revived church that's going to that's going to once once that once God breathes into that church breathes life into that church people that were passionate that are no longer passionate no more people that were committed that are no longer committed anymore people that were uh, participating that are no longer participating people that used to come faithfully but they only come once a month once God gets in there and breathes into that church again that church will then turn around that revived church will turn around and, and win their community and win their city. So revival city is this. We're not a one-time, one-service, every once in a while type of church where we're looking for that, you know, those few moments throughout that year where we can bring in somebody and kind of get us going. We <laughs> revival city is a way of life. Yes. Revival is going to be a way of life for, for, for our church. Revival is not going to be just an every once in a while thing, but we are going to teach and train and practice and preach and, and praise and worship. And we want to stay revived. So then we can go out and, and, and get the harvest that Jesus says is white and ready to, to bring in. See, we want to be ready so that when we bring them in, that we can begin to minister to them in a way that Jesus wants us to. That's powerful. That is powerful. I think people go to church all the time looking, looking for something different. And unfortunately, they find the same thing in the church. Right. You know, and it's time for the church to be different. And right. one of the things, the main thing 
you know, I, I, somebody told me one time, Jesus did not die to make a bad person into a nice person, to change an attitude. He didn't, he didn't, that's, that's not what we're dealing with here. We're dealing with death and life. Right. You know, the reason Jesus died and rose again so that you and I could move from death into life. Right. And, and, and that's what we should major in as the church. Right. And when they come into the church with whatever they come in with, they should be encountered with life. Right. A revived church. Right. That's powerful. That's powerful. Tell me, where, where's the church? The church, so we are starting at SA Preparatory Schools. Uh, it is a, a public charter school in Converse. Uh, the address is 6127 Summerfest Drive, San Antonio, Texas. Is the yeah. is, is kind of you know, It's kind of weird over there, Converse and San Antonio, but it's really kind of in Converse, 78244. So that's where we're starting. Uh, but we're believing that God, we, we're going to be aggressive about raising funds because we believe that we're not going to be in there long. It holds about maybe 150, the room that we're going to be in. But we're believe, we believe that uh, gonna pack we, it out. we're going to pack it out. And so we're going to be really aggressive about raising money. And we're already looking for our next location. Amen. That's faith. Amen. Right? You can't just say you have faith. You got to take some steps. Absolutely. That's powerful. So what time is service? So on Sundays, we're going to start at 10 o'clock. That's going to be our Sunday school. Uh, we're going to transition at 11 o'clock into our worship experience. And then on Tuesday nights is going to be our Bible class. Can I explain Bible class sure. just for a moment? The passion that I have is is obviously I love preaching, but the passion that I have is to teach, and this is why, because the our, our there is a deficit of teaching in our churches, and 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 the reason why I know that is because we have become we have become um, almost entertainment based, mm-hmm. and 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 because of our short time, uh, you know, kind of attention spans and things like that, you know. A lot of times churches feel under a certain pressure to try to keep everyone kind of, you know, entertained and and the teaching element is gone. But what you will not see in 99% of churches across America is a time where you can go to church and raise your hand and say, I have a question. Mm. You just don't see it, Marcus. So what happens is the preacher comes, he has his message prepared, which we're thankful for that. Or the teacher comes and has their lesson prepared, and we're we're thankful for that. But most questions that 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 are are in the mind of those that attend church on any given day, those questions are never answered. Not only are they not answered uh, at at the you know, respective time uh, of service or, or even teaching, but there, there's really no, there's really no uh, uh, outlet for uh, questions to be answered through that congregation. You know, there's not a email address maybe where you can yeah. send questions and somebody will answer your questions. And so Tuesday night Bible class for us is where we sit around a table. It's conversational. It's not just me speaking only, mm-hmm. but it's everyone in the room having an ability to raise their hand and ask a question. And we have our Bible, we have our notebook, we have our pad, a pen, a paper, whatever you use to take notes. And it is very much conversational because I am, I am concerned that if we don't start answering the questions that people have, then people are going to become very much disenfranchised with church. Yeah. yeah. And, and, then, and then we wonder why there's so many PKs, uh, people that have been to church 
and now they're not serving the Lord and they're out there looking for what they're looking for are some answers. Right. And so we have the answer. We right. just have to answer those questions. We have to answer their questions. That's powerful. And so, Pastor, invite us to church on Sunday. Well, listen, I'll tell you what, I don't know who you are or where you may be, but April the 16th, uh, we are launching uh, Revival City. This has been in the works, I want to say, ever since we got here almost four years ago. Uh, we have been biting at the bit. Of course, COVID came in, and, and for that year and a half, we were all kind of in a flux. But it is time. It is time. The day has come. April the 16th, we're going to be launching Revival City. You do not want to miss it. Again, we're going to be in Converse, Texas. Uh, that whole side of town is just waiting uh, for a great move of God. But even if you know, it doesn't matter where you're at in San Antonio, we want you to come. Listen, we want you to come. This, These are the things that we believe. We believe that the Bible is the word of God. We stick strictly to the Bible. We believe that people are hungry for the word of God. We believe that people are tired of being entertained. Amen. We believe that people look, we want to see miracles. Yes. We want to see the moving of God. We yes. want to see, you know, Paul said, I didn't come to you with fancy speech and fancy language. I came for a demonstration of the power of God. And that's what that's what separates Revival City. Hey, man, maybe from some others that uh, that 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 are in the area. But this this is one thing we know. We are Holy Ghost filled. We are fire baptized and we are ready to serve our community. And we are going to be an arm into our community. We know that there are needs. We know that there are people hurting. We know that there are people um, that 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 could use our support. And so right alongside of, you know, you know, being a church in the community, we want to be a servant in the community as well. So 10 o'clock uh, on Sundays, 7 o'clock on Tuesday nights, we would love to have you and your family come out. Please come out and uh, just see what God wants to do in your life. Amen. And for more information, they can find you on the web. Yes, our our website is RevivalCitySA.com, RevivalCitySA.com. Thank you, Pastor Conyers, for being with me today at the Church of the Week. I enjoyed this so much. Absolutely. Thank you a lot, Marcus. Thank you, San Antonio. God bless you. Go to church on Sunday and check out Revival City. You'll love it. God bless. Thank you for joining us today as we featured our AM630 The Word Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at am630theword.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.